Okay, so I didn't actually realise how good the microphone is on my phone, so we're going to continue here. Don't need a microphone today. That was a lot of rambling for the start. Hello everyone, welcome back to Starting From The Pits. I am your host Charlotte, and we are going to be talking about the Austin Grand Prix, which just happened this weekend, just gone. And yeah, let's just, let's just dive right into it. So this weekend was literally jam-packed with drama. There was, it was all going on, from the race itself to the aftermath to F1 Academy, it was all going on. I'm going to try and cover it all. <laughs> Whether we'll cover everything, I do not know. That is another question, but let's just, let's try and get into it. So as usual with these race rundowns, I say as usual, like I've done numerous, I've done one or two, I think it is. But as usual with them, I'm going to pick a few teams, delve a bit deeper into them, and then we'll see sort of where the conversation goes. You never know where the conversation is going to flow, so let's get into it. Okay, so let's start off with the pulsating team. That was Ferrari. So... Obviously, Charles Leclerc did what Charles Leclerc does best this weekend, and he put in an absolute flyer of a qualifying lap on the Friday. Now, if you are somebody that didn't watch the race and you are wondering, but Charlotte, Max always gets pole. Why was Max not on pole? That was because he breached the track limits and he got his lap deleted. So that puts Max out of the equation. And everyone was like, this is going to be such a good race. It's going to be so exciting. Max isn't on pole. Let's see what let's see what goes down. You know the usual hype around a race where Max isn't P one. That um was quickly, quickly. Well, it wasn't quickly ruined actually because Lando caught him into turn one and took P one for a good few laps. I can't remember how many it was to be precise, but that was really exciting because it was like Lando's hundredth race. He's gonna get his first win. Everyone was like rooting for him. I was actually internally thinking like Lando and Max are really good friends, so maybe he'll just let him have the win. Um. Obviously that wasn't the case because why would he do that? <laughs> anyway, back to Ferrari. In true Ferrari style, they, they just messed the race up essentially. I think at this point they're just doing it to, I don't even know, I feel like they're not even doing it by accident anymore. Like it's just a reoccurring internal joke that they've got. Now I've seen a lot of people saying that Charles has got it a bit harder than Carlos in terms of strategy and that Carlos always gets the preferential treatment. However, we all know that Charles is the golden boy over at Ferrari. He is like the, he's the Max Verstappen of Ferrari, if that makes sense. And I personally don't see the whole preferential treatment thing. I just think that Carlos is maybe a bit more vocal over the radios. I don't know. I think we saw it in Singapore where he was very much, obviously the, the whole strategy thing came into play with him in Singapore and he was very much like, this is what I want to go with. I think this is a good idea. And he gave his reasons. Whereas we don't hear that so much with Charles. I know we don't hear every single radio when we're watching it on the TV. However, we do hear obviously the important parts and he's never one to sort of give his opinion on what strategy to use. He just sort of goes along with whatever the team supply, which I feel like he needs to sort of just use his brain a little bit and realise that the team aren't actually that. They're not doing it. They're not great. <laughs> They're not getting it. So I think he maybe needs to just sort of. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what the solution is there, but yeah, I think the um they basically just kept him out on his tires for way too long, um and when they did bring him in, the I think it was the undercut didn't work and it just just messed it up all, all up in the long run and he ended up having to. I think he did a one stopper in the end, and a lot of people did two stops. So. I just think it didn't pay off in the end and it just it just wore the tires down too much um so but that wasn't even the worst of it <laughs> that wasn't the worst of it so i went to sleep thinking okay yeah so we had the podium max lewis lando love that happy for everybody and um, woke up in the morning max lando carlos and i was like sorry what 
turns out um charles and lewis both got disqualified so that was great um basically i think it was about four cars got chosen to have a random inspection and lewis and charles failed that and i think it was something to do with the floor basically um it was too thin or something or too low i'm not too worn down i'm not too sure but i know um people have been watching the race back and stuff and seeing that like whenever they go over the curbs i think it was obviously lewis and charles's car was sparking so that just obviously shows that there was something a little bit too low down compared to max and lando who were the other cars that were inspected so i would be interested to see if Carlos's car was the same because obviously if one Ferrari is then surely the other one is but Carlos got the promotion to P3 but anyway I feel like Carlos has like the worst look with non-podiums <laughs> I think he's had like three podiums now where he's not actually been on the podium it's been a later decision and then he's been on the podium which is quite funny but um yeah so Ferrari didn't have the best of weekends other than Carlos getting P3 obviously and that was an after for kind of thing so yeah poor Charles was not was not living his best life and I think he was I don't think he was a happy bunny afterwards I'll, be, I'll put it that way so moving on obviously I mentioned before um, Mercedes did also get disqualified so again great weekend <laughs> everyone was I honestly genuinely thought that Lewis was going to actually get that win um, but obviously whoever doubts Max Verstappen because why would he not get the win do you know what I mean just getting a bit old now <laughs> but I do think it's really impressive that considering Lewis has supposedly had a bad season that he's still P2 in the championship and he's still getting podiums and he's still getting second I don't know it just seems wild to me that people have considered this a bad season for him even though he is still P2 so I think that is says a lot for him as a driver the fact that that is a bad season for him also obviously George is a part of the Mercedes team need to cover him I can't specifically remember George being of interest this race yeah so George seemed to just not really have anything of excitement really happen to be honest he was involved well he wasn't involved but he basically it, it was an after thing that happened afterwards he overtook somebody <laughs> so he overtook some people and then people behind him then had a collision so that's about as exciting as it got like I said in terms of Mercedes obviously I think the main headline for those was really just the unfortunate disqualification i do think it's convenient that it was the top three and then the pole sitter who got selected for investigation after the race i do think that's quite sus like apparently it's a random check but it just seems a bit too well calculated if that makes sense okay moving on to some other teams so this is just i'm kind of trying to remember the best i can in my head i don't want to do too much research because the whole point of me doing this podcast is learning to actually know the race and know what's going on so so I'm sort of just trying to recollect in my mind I need to have my own notebook like a Ted's notebook or Charlotte's notebook <laughs> do you know what I mean but anyway yeah so I think towards the start of the race there was some contact between Esteban and Oscar which then um sadly both of them retired which is really sad for Oscar because I mean to be fair he wasn't really having a great weekend as it was there was quite a lot of he wasn't he didn't qualify the way that he usually does um and in the sprint he just didn't he didn't give the way like he did in Qatar however that was a high expectation you know what I mean that was like a high thing to come off so I don't think many people expected him to win it but I think he just he just didn't quite meet his own expectations either um which is a shame but 
these things happen it just wasn't his weekend and he's admitted that which is great so yeah Esteban and Oscar both retired this race which is unfortunate however Lando pulled through with now a P2 after Lewis got disqualified. Really happy for Lando. I feel like he is just so close to that win. I've said it once and I'll say it again. It's coming. But I have read a few articles that have been saying like, are we past the peak with McLaren? Are they going to get that win this season? Who knows? I think we've got five races left now. Four maybe. So it could be there. It just It's just so close. So yeah, it's a shame. It's the nature of the game. He came V2 and he was happy with that. So we can all be happy with that. I can't forget though that Lando did lead the race for numerous laps and I was just so rooting for him. I wasn't getting my hopes up because I just knew that if I got my hopes up, it would all shatter in front of my eyes. But luckily it didn't shatter so much. It just didn't, it didn't give the optimal result, but it's all right. You got P2, so it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. He had a really good race though. I was really like, he had some good moments with Lewis, I think it was, and obviously Max. Um, clean racing, really good racing, um, and some good battles. It was enjoyable to watch. This race I actually felt was really enjoyable to watch. There weren't really many dull moments where you just sort of sat there like, right, can somebody just do something? I feel like it was actually a really good race. And if you were somebody who's trying to get into the race, I feel like it was a good one for you to watch in terms of strategy, trying to learn that because there was a lot going on with tyres and a lot going on with the sort of undercut side of things it got a bit confusing for me I'm still trying to learn the whole what undercut even is and how it works but I do think that was a really good race for me to kind of sit and watch and learn and listen to so I do think that was a really good race for somebody who has never really watched it before. In terms of the McLaren though I feel like if you just look back at where they were at the start of the season I can't help but think the improvements that they've managed to make are just it's unreal like the fact that they are fighting for podiums every single week now is just crazy to me like the the way that the team have worked so hard on that car and even if it does replicate the Red Bull a little bit at least it's moving in the right direction do you know what I mean like this is clearly the vision that Lando's seen um to make him want to stay with the team for so long and obviously Oscar as well he's there now till 2026 so I think that is really exciting for them and they are really heading in the right direction in terms of Red Bull I can't remember if I've already spoken about Red Bull Max is obviously one um he honestly came through them like a shark like there was no stopping him he was it was going to happen regardless we all knew that it was going to happen but it was just how long it was going to take him to get there and it didn't take him long at all really there was obviously some strategic play into there as to when he was going to pit when lando was going to pit whether he was going to come out in front of him etc etc um and that was really good to see as well so i think like i said it was a really good race to watch for somebody who sort of needed to get a better understanding of strategy and how it all works. I still don't quite understand strategy. Like, how do you predict all those different outcomes? It just blows my mind a little bit and I can't quite wrap my head around it, but clearly Ferrari can't either. However, <laughs> I just, I can't understand a strategist job. I feel like I need to speak to one. So if anybody knows any strategists that they can put me in contact with, I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with them and hopefully understand it a bit more because that's what I need right now. In terms of Perez, obviously there was a lot of rumours going around that if he didn't keep his P2 in the Drivers' Championship, then he was going to have his contract taken away and Daniel was going to get his place. Obviously, this weekend has made that a lot easier for him with Lewis getting disqualified. So, um, yeah, Perez remains at Red Bull for another race. <laughs> Speaking of Perez, obviously next week is the Mexican Grand Prix and I... 
I'm nervous for Max. <laughs> nervous for Max's safety because the amount of booze that he got at the US Grand Prix, God knows what it's gonna be like next weekend because it just it's just not great. It's not a great look for the American fans, I don't think. Because you you started to get it a bit more in the British fans, but across the rest of Europe, you don't really get much of that because we're all quite I feel like the British fans and the American fans are quite similar and the fact that a lot of them have come from Drive to Survive um, and I feel like this sort of football hooligan kind of behaviour is slowly infiltrating its way into Formula 1 and it's just not what it's about. A lot of us are just there for the racing, we just want to see cars go fast and everyone have a good race and people battle against each other whereas a lot of people, are, these newer fans I feel like are taking the whole team rivalry too deep which is obviously something that Drive to Survive focuses on quite a lot. Obviously there are people that don't see it that way and they do genuinely enjoy the racing and they've got into it because of the Drive to Survive which is great, That that's what we love and I guess in terms of that Drive to Survive has done its job. However there are just a few handful of people that are just ruining it a little bit which is just it's so hard to see because Max did genuinely look slightly torn by it and I've never seen him really get affected by it. I did see an interview with him afterwards and people in he <laughs> what did he say? If you're gonna do that then I'm gonna drive faster kind of thing. Which fair play to him, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> if I was stood up on the podium and people were to be fair, he's the one taking the trophy home. I think this is what he said, he's the one taking the trophy home, he's the one who's won it, so it doesn't really matter. Um to him at all which is good because obviously that just shows that Max is still there just for the racing um so yeah I do I do worry for his safety next week and it's gonna be an interesting race I do like the track I think it's a really cool track the fact that it goes through the stadium um that's really cool but yeah I I just know that the Mexicans love Checo and I hope we see Checo's dad <laughs> he's such a guy everybody loves him um and I hope we get Checo's dad content obviously as well this week we had the sprint race format and I want to say it's going to be at Mexico as well but I'm not quite sure so don't quote me on that one however I'm not really quite sure how I feel about the sprint race I do like the fact that there's racing on three days however don't appreciate it being on the Friday because I'm usually at work and I'll miss it which isn't great um but I guess if you're a fan and you've bought the three-day ticket it kind of makes it a bit more value for money which is fair enough I understand that but I feel like it can be a bit hit and miss unless somebody like Oscar in Qatar, somebody you don't expect wins it, then it's great. Everybody's loving the sprint race. However, when it's just basically a preview into the day after, into the race itself, it's just a bit like, all right, okay, do we really need more of that? And I think Max especially has been quite vocal about the fact that he's really not interested in doing the sprint races. Um, I think he's quite, he's not really that bothered and doesn't think it adds much to the racing, but they are supposedly changing the format of it again next year, so that's something else to learn. The sprint race will be what it'll be. I don't think the FIA are going to take much from the drivers' opinions. I think they're very much focused on the viewers' experience and how much money they can bring in, to be honest. Also, I, need to talk I feel like I'm going to end up talking about every team on the grid at this point. I know I said I'll pick out three or four, but a lot went on. <laughs> so, obviously, Aston Martin and Haas were starting from the pits. I would just like to say... Shout out to everybody who was saying starting from the pits all weekend because I was like, you're giving me free promotion here, guys. Anyone who's searching starting from the pits on Twitter or on, I don't know, Spotify, whatever, I'm coming up. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> 
so Alonso did actually end up retiring this race because the track was supposedly just so brutal that the car just couldn't deal with it and it just um things were breaking off and it just wasn't great for them I um my dad was telling me that basically the track was so bumpy because prior to this weekend they had some trucks that were basically um going off ramps and then landing on the the track so that was causing some bumps in the track because of where they were landing so I thought it was really interesting I don't know why they couldn't resurface it I feel like almost all the American tracks resurface before they race again but obviously that was not within the budget for this race I genuinely feel like there's so much to get through <laughs> this weekend so much happened it was mentioned that the maximum fine has been up to 1 million euros which is absolutely obscure to me I mean if you're somebody like Max or Lewis and you're on 40 million a year that's basically pocket money you don't need that that's fine however if you're somebody in a lower down team say it's like Logan or Yuki something like that and you're on like one to two million a year which is still so much money but that's the majority of your paycheck gone I just I don't even know what you could have to do to get that fine either if it's 50 grand to touch a back wing what is it gonna what what means that you get fined a million euros I just quite I can't wrap my head around that one um so if anybody knows please let me know because I'd be very interested to know what is worth a million euros okay so that brings an end to the formula one segment so to speak we are going to be moving on to f1 academy now this weekend was the debut for the final of the f1 academy being aired on tv it was the first time it's been on tv we were able to watch it live this whole time we've only had to be able to watch it through social media and lifetime is on twitter and things like that so it's not been ideal for the user to watch it if that makes sense so to be able to actually watch it live on tv i was like i feel like a proud mum i was like oh we're gonna get to watch them on tv and it was so great to just see them all together and i feel like i saw a tiktok and it was like that girlhood trend and it genuinely does feel like a girlhood if that makes sense like we were able to watch it and you could there was this sense of like everyone coming together and just supporting it and it was actually genuinely good racing i don't know why i sound so surprised by that because at the end of the day it's racing and i feel like nobody should be surprised that just because they're girls that it's not good racing and i really i really genuinely did enjoy it it was so good to watch them and i don't know there's just something about it where you can tell that everybody's just loving life obviously marta garcia won the championship which is absolutely incredible i do think it is a shame that she isn't able to continue the series because she is 23 now and apparently that's over the age limit um so it'd be interesting to see where she goes from here it'd be great to see her in f3 or moving up into another level it'd be it wouldn't be a shame as such to see her go as a test or reserve driver because at the end of the day she's getting that opportunity but i do think she needs that experience as an actual driver as well still to really show that we are making progress um, and I do think she does have it in her as well. I know a lot of people talk about Jamie Chadwick and her style of driving wouldn't quite run in Formula One. Whereas I think Marta Garcia is very cool, calm and collected. She's very... What did they use in the race? I think they said she was a very sophisticated driver. Um, and she's very classy about the way she drives and she races really cleanly. So I do think she does have a place in another series it's just finding that series for her and somebody will take her on board and a few other highlight people obviously um Jess Edgar got a first win as well which was really great to see and 
Um, I just want to give a shout out to friend of the show, <laughs> Chloe Chong. She did absolutely unreal this weekend. To think that it's her first season driving single seaters and she's managed to stay like P8, P5 this entire time. I mean, she qualified on the front row um, over the weekend, which fair play, like she's just done unreal this season. So congrats, Chloe, because honestly, it's been great to see um, her drive throughout this season. And I am really excited to see where she goes from here. I hope um, she's able to continue the F1 Academy next year with Prema or even another team if anybody else um, is, you know, on the hunt <laughs> for rising talent. I think she she is really somebody to watch that, yeah. And she's 16 as well, doing GCSEs, like so much to take on all at once. But I mean, if the opportunity's there, you can't, you can't refuse something like this. I do think as well it's great because having this whole moment around females in motorsport you can really sort of there was a lot more women highlighted over the weekend and not just because of the f1 academy it was like throughout the whole weekend more highlighted obviously there was susie was being interviewed um danica was there naomi was um presenting so was jamie chadwick so i think it was a really great opportunity to just show the people and the women in formula one at the moment and yeah it just felt like a really good moment do you know what I mean I was really just sat there watching just feeling really proud and yeah it was just it was just like a yes kind of moment if that makes sense um obviously Bianca signed for McLaren as well so that was really nice to see her getting involved with the F1 team afterwards I do I think somebody else has mentioned this before I do think it's a shame that it's only really Lewis getting involved um but again that's just something that he has always been an advocate for and quite vocal about and I think if people just randomly started doing it now because somebody's called them out, it'd seem quite disingenuous. So I do think that it's going to be, maybe they'll just slowly introduce it. I think it would have been nice to see maybe the McLaren boys supporting Bianca. However, I do understand that she's not quite with McLaren yet. It's not officially, she's not officially driving for them yet. She's still with Prema. So maybe there's just in terms of contracts, it's not quite allowed yet. I'm not sure because she was allowed in the McLaren garage afterwards, but... Let's just hope it's a contract thing and they'll be fully supported the next year. I feel like I've had so much to cover. I think I'm there. <laughs> I think I'm there. I have some really exciting episodes coming up soon. There's um some really exciting collaborations coming up and I really can't wait for you guys to listen to them. I feel like this podcast is, we're moving, we're making progress with things. Um, And I just want to thank everybody who's been listening from the start. I think what the, the little community that we've got going and the people that regularly interact with this podcast I just I'm so grateful for and yeah I'm just really excited for where it's gonna go and taking you guys along this journey with me so if you know anybody who's interested in a podcast and wants to listen and get to know Formula One please 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 recommend the podcast to them because we're going places we're we're moving on up guys so manifest this with me don't even have to manifest it it's happening it is happening. We're moving on up. So welcome to starting from the pits. <laughs> I will see you in the next episode. Hopefully there's going to get two episodes out this week. I have an interview tomorrow, which will be Tuesday. And I'm going to try and edit that on the night to get out on Wednesday. If not, this will be Wednesday's episode. And the second episode will be out Thursday, Friday. So I will see you later this week.